that were intended to divide the nation. Not just the nation, but to divide the world. And there were so many things in this world that happened so rapidly, so fast in this world that happened in 2020 to take our focus from our Creator, from our Source, our Provider. Come on, take our focus from that and to distract us on the turmoil of this world. And it happened. It happened. And listen, I want to remind you of this. That's exactly what Satan wanted to do. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And his number one, one way to succeed is to create division. And all of this has divided us. All of us has divided this. This has divided us. I mean, who would have thought that we would be in fistfights at Home Depot because I had a mask or didn't have a mask? I didn't do that, but that did happen, right? I don't fist fight them. I just, you know, shoot them. That's all. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. I'm not an advocate for that. Oh, I'm sorry. Michelle's going to get me for that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but who would have thought it, guys? In America, we can't even agree on a mask or no mask, right? Six feet or no six feet, you know? I mean, look at the protests. I mean, when all the protests were going on, they weren't social distancing. They weren't wearing face masks. So all of this, you can't make any rhyme or reason about it because it wasn't intended for that purpose. It was intended to divide us and divide people. Revelations 12, 12, we use this scripture a lot when we talk about the end days, right? And it's safe to say we're in the end days. When you look at what is coming apart, what has come to pass, what the prophecies has come to pass, what is happening... But we're there. Now, don't come to me and say, well, Pastor, are we going? Is this tomorrow the day? I nobody knows the day. Listen, I mean, we've been using this verse for, for a long time, but what this, the, what this says, it says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you live in the heavens. Rejoice, but terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. Listen, I want to remind you, one of the one, this is only one, of the main reasons we're facing of the turmoil and the destruction and the confusion and the chaos. One of the reasons is because Satan knows his time is limited. He knows that his time... He knows he doesn't have long, guys. He knows that Jesus is coming back soon. Now, he's going to throw everything that he's got at us. And I I would have to say that in 2020, he threw a lot at us. He threw a lot. I, have, I don't ever remember this nation being so divided in my lifetime. I don't. I really don't. Now, some of you that are older that may remember that in the past it may have gotten that way. I'm sure in the days of the Civil War it was pretty divided, right? I mean, but th- for me, this, I don't ever remember such a time where people were so separated from God and so separated from their own People, their own friends and their own family. Come on, people are arguing over all kinds of stuff. We can't even agree on anything anymore. All of this is to stir confusion. Because if we can, if Satan can keep us fighting and bickering amongst ourselves, if he can keep us there, then we're not going to be pursuing God. We're not going to be keeping our focus on our Creator, our Source, our God Almighty in heaven. See, that's what, and that's exactly what he intended to do. And he's doing a great job. And let me just say that just because uh, Satan knows that his time is short and, 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 and that he's 
throwing everything at us and all that. Look, that doesn't mean the world's coming in today, all right? Because I'll get that email I, every time I use that verse. Listen, there's bad things been happening throughout history. And I'm sure during World War II, or even the Civil War, there were all of these times when, when tragedy happens, there were people probably saying, man, Jesus is coming back next week, you know? It's looking pretty bad. But the point is, is we need to understand that, it, that that's a part of it. And that should all turn our focus back to God. And this is what has not happened as a result of 2020 yet. See, that's the importance of our corporate prayer and our prayer. Amen. It's very important. Very important. Because Satan is never going to start hurting us. He's never going to start destroying, stop destroying us. And he's not ever going to stop dividing us until Jesus comes to take us home. You got to hold you got to remember that. And if you know that, then you need and you know that he's the ruler of this world, it shows the importance on separating yourself from the world and putting your focus on God and pursuing him wholeheartedly. Right? Absolutely show. Because I mean we've never we are so this nation especially is so divided. And and I've heard this so many times in the probably probably the past month has been really bad. Because people are seeing, they, they, people are drawn to tragedy. Understand, that's human nature. Now, you see this when there's a car accident going down the road. You ever wonder why the other side of the road just stops and backs up? It's because people are drawn to the tragedy. They want to see it. They want to stop and see it. So people are so focused on the tragedy of 2020 or the bad things that happen, the death, the destruction. And we lose sight of the good if we allow ourselves Right? We lose sight of that. And so many people have told me, phone calls, middle of the night, different times, I've given up. People are tired. They're feeling like they can't accomplish what they were called to accomplish. Or they can't, they don't, they, they're having trouble pressing forward and taking the step forward. Just some people dealing with depression to the point where they don't even want to get out of bed. Guys, we cannot give up. Because there are people right now in the church, they're giving up on their dreams, they're giving up on their jobs, they're giving up on their families, they're feeling so much pressure, and they're giving up on church. You can see this all across the board. I talk with, with, with pastors, and you see in their numbers. I mean, we got the numbers back from last year from our accountant. And guys, it's not good. We can see a clear line from Oklahoma. She sent them to me. Clear line from where COVID started. Clear line. And it's not just us. It's not just us. People are feeling so much pressure. Guys, this is when we don't, we don't accept that pressure. Don't allow that to get on you. Don't allow that to stay on you. It's time to get bold about who you are. Don't allow the, the pressure of being overwhelmed from the chaos to press you down. Because I want to tell you something. If you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling like you can't succeed, you're feeling like you're already defeated before you even get out of bed, I'm going to remind you of something. That is not the true you. Because if you, you feel that way, it's because you don't fully understand who you are. Because listen, God had a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. 
And because the pressures of this world come, that plan doesn't change. You still need to pursue that plan. You may have to change the means to how you get to that plan, to accomplishing that plan, but it's there. He intended you to succeed at it. Do not quit. Don't allow the pressures of this world to push you down. Get bold like Michelle was saying. Stomp on the devil's head. He's beneath your feet. But you cannot allow yourself to fall into a state of depression, a state of giving up, a state of losing sight of that dream, that God-given dream. Guys, this is so important. This is so important. But there's so many people fall. I'm talking about ministers that have been in ministry a long time. They're giving up after one year like this. I mean, they've been rattled. Their cages have been rattled. They're, they're dealing with so much things. Guys, you've got to remind yourself of Scripture when you feel that pressure coming. Because I'm going to tell you something. I do it all the time. I have to do it all the time. All the time. I mean, you get Galatians 3.13, where it says Christ redeemed us from the curse of this world. The, and you've got to hold on to that Scripture. And you remind yourself of that 10, 20, 100 times a day if you need to. Because if you are redeemed from the curse of the land, then you don't have to walk in the fear, in the defeat, in the struggles of this land. You may have to deal with it, but you will overcome because of who you are in Christ. And when you understand that, we've got to get to the place where believers understand it. They don't have any doubt any question about who they are in Christ. Because listen, this is why we've been pushed so far back this year. The body of Christ has taken an unbelievable hit. It's because people have lost sight of who they are. I mean, we need to be some arrogant cusses around this nation. We do. You need to be bold in who you are. Don't you know who I am? Well, I'm a child of God. Created with a purpose, with a plan. Created to succeed. I will overcome because it's not my strength that's greater is the one that lives in me, that lives in the world. I will do whatever it is God called me to do. He may be calling you to support a ministry. He may be calling you to start a ministry. He may be calling you to feed the hungry, build houses, whatever He may be calling you to do. And in your natural eyes, it looks like you can't do it. But you've got to hold on to the fact that who you are, that's God's plan. You don't have to fund it. You just have to take the step of faith and do it. And allow Him to work through you. And He will. Guys, don't you let the troubles of this year put out the fire of the dreams that God puts in your heart. Those dreams line up with the purpose God has for you. And don't you let that fire go out just because the world gets tough. Because I'm going to tell you something, the closer we get to Jesus coming back, it's going to get tougher. And it's why God has, been, has had me emphasizing the fact that there has never been a time greater where you have got to know what you believe and why you believe it because you will be challenged and we are being challenged right this very minute we got to know what we believe, why we believe it. Guys, there's never been a time, never been a year throughout history where we've had so many things of the world pushed on us. Pushed on us. You know, we've already been contacted by our legal team about how with the new administration, number one of the first things that will be overturned will be the Religious Freedom Act that President Trump put in place. Now, that protects the church from having to do things for the public. In other words... We may have to, that the, by law, you may be required to do same-sex marriages, right? 
Now, is that God's best? No, because that's not God's plan. Right? I mean, we're already in contact. We've never had a time where, we, where we've had so much gender confusion, so much money invested on gender identity. So much, the world is trying to push so much on us. So much on us. Guys, it's time for the body of Christ to get bold. Get bold. Because we've taken a hit, an unbelievable hit this year. And it's, some of it is our fault. Our fault. Because we're not being bold. It, it always impresses me about the boldness of the, the Muslim religion. Because those, they will die for what they believe. Now we know what they believe is not, is not correct. But where's the fire? Where's the fire in what we believe? Where is that fire? Where's that spark? Sometimes you've got to stir it up yourself. No matter when the, when the pressures of this world come on you and you feel that flame going out, you better go to the gas station. You better get something to keep that fire going. Get in this house. Get under the Word of God. But listen, the family unit's been hit unbelievable this year. You know, they announced Congress's they're already set in place. Nancy Pelosi's setting in place to change terminology for gender identity. And if this goes through by law, if you're a public entity, business, church, school, you can't use, you can't use son or daughter. You can't use husband and wife. It has to be spouse. It has to be children. Because you can't call them something that they may, they may identify as a tree. So I guess, you can, what are you going to call them? You don't want to offend them. Now guys, this is what's coming down the ramp. Coming down the path. Headed right for us. If that gets pushed through, as a church you can't preach against. You can't speak against. You can't preach the truth of the word because they won't. It's against the law. The natural law. Come on, this is the thing. Guys, in 2021 we get a fresh start. We get a start. We need to start with a fire. We need to start with a boldness. Come on, we need to start standing up for our families, standing up for our children. Come on, we've removed God so much from everything in our world. We've got to put Him back as our source. Back as our source. And you know, through all of this, it, through people contacting me, Giving up on this, giving up on that, giving up on their life, giving up on their dreams. People are asking, Pastor, how do I go on? I had a guy ask me the other day, how do I go on? I just I feel like, I feel like I, it's impossible. What's next for me? What's next? Listen to me. You're going to go on. That plan God has for you never changes. Never changes. It's there. And if you really think about it, there are lives hanging in the balance because of that plan. And if you really sit and really think about that, guys, that shows how important you are. You're very important. They're hanging in the balance. You need to be walking out that plan because people need it. There are hurting people that need you to walk out that plan. Right? And you're, you need to walk that plan out because it doesn't go anywhere because of the troubles of the world. But you just keep pressing forward, holding on to God's Word, understanding who you are. God created you to succeed at it. He made a way for you to succeed, and that is Jesus Christ, who He sent to this earth to die a horrible death, to pay the price 
so that you could walk in the authority that He has given us. We just need to use it. Walk in the authority. Be who God called you to be. And hold on to His Word. Listen, you need to take... I jotted down Romans 8.28 because this is one that we use a lot, but do people really understand what this means? It says, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and called according to His purposes for them. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. Listen, we need to take hold. You press forward going after that dream, going after that plan, holding on to His Word. You take this streak, this Scripture, you hold on to it. That's a promise. That's a promise right there. That no matter what this world throws at you, God will work it together for your good. You may have to endure it, go through it, but God will work it for your good. But you've got to hold on to that promise. But the interesting thing is, and what most people forget is right there, the, the, right there at the end, it says, who for those who love God. Those who love God. So see, that's the first question we've got to ask ourselves going into this next year. Are you truly loving God? I mean, that's an honest question you should ask yourself. Are you truly loving God? I mean, uh, are you really giving Him all you got? Or are you trying to pursue your own agenda? And this is where people get, get nothing wrong with going after an agenda as long as it lines up with God and lines up with what He's telling you to do. But listen, people get so hung up in pursuing something that doesn't have anything to do with the God and it continues to create division in the world, and then listen, that comes straight from Satan himself. Be very careful about your agendas. Make sure you're being led by God, right? Because that's the question you need to ask is are you truly loving God or are you pursuing your own thing? Are you so in tune with God, so in tune, that relationship, you're so tight, you're so in tune, that relationship's so snug and you can hear from Him and so in tune that your thoughts are God's thoughts or your words are God's words. Come on, that's the, those are the difference makers. Because if that's, if that's you, and it should be, then, then that's truly loving God. Sold out. Fully committed. My life is for you. Work through me and I will be your hands and your feet and your voice in this world. Glory to God. Come on. That's when God will work everything out for your good. See, you can't just take that verse. Live any way you want in the world. Right? And then just, well, I'm going to take this verse and expect everything to magically work, work out. Guys, there's no magic in this. There's no magic. You know, I share this all the time. Jesus isn't throwing around pixie dust. Matter of fact, he's done everything he's going to do when he did it on the cross. It's why he said it's finished. It's done. We just have to access it, what he did. We've got to walk in the light of the change of what he did, what he set in place for us, right? And that's the good news. That's the good news of what we share, right? And it's sad to say, it's really sad to say, but there are a lot of Christians who are mad at God right now because of what happened in 2020. They're angry. And these are Christians who should know better. God didn't didn't create the turmoil, didn't create the problems, didn't, didn't create the division. Come on, He's not the problem. He's the solution. We don't need to be in a state of being angry and mad at Him. 
You want to get mad at somebody, you get mad at the devil and you put your foot on his head and you walk in the authority that's been delegated to you. Come on, we've been talking about that. God's not the problem. He's the solution. He's your source. Keep your focus on Him. Don't let the distractions of, your wor- of this world pull your focus from here to the ways of the world. Because that's from Satan. He's intended to divide, to separate. And let me just say this. I know as a, as a, one of the main reasons we're dealing with the turmoil and all that we're dealing with is because Satan is throwing it all at us. And, 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 and that's true. That's true. He is coming at us. All right, with everything that he can. But there's another big, 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 big reason that we're dealing with so much. And this is what we've seen so much in this year, in 2020. And that is the simple fact that people are doing everything they can to remove God from their lives. Come on, guys. This is very dangerous. Very dangerous. Because when you remove God from your life, he removes his hand from yours. And that's not a place you want to be. It's not a place that you want to be. Think about it. Think about it. I heard one minister say it like this. He said, you can't spend all week dancing with the devil. And then, and then say a simple prayer on Sunday morning and expect him to show up and make everything okay and then go right back out dancing with the devil. It just doesn't work that way. It's not going to work that way. You cannot continue to remove God from everything. And guys, he's been removed from so much. I mean, we've done a real good job of removing him from our nation. He's out of the schools. They're trying to take his, you know, they're trying to take, remove him from every public building, every, every entity. And, 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 and guys, you cannot remove God from the leadership of this nation and expect his hand to stay there. You can't. You can't. Now, if that happens... Should that throw you into a state of fear? No, you go back to remembering who you are in Christ. I'm sold out to Him. I'm all in for Him. I'm I'm giving Him everything. My relationship's tight. And because of that, He will work everything that I have to endure through this process out for my good. You don't quit. You don't give up. Just because things change in this world, because this is a broken world. And things are going to change at different times, and you're going to have to deal with all kinds of different things. But the thing is, is we got to keep God first. And as a nation, we, gotta get, we need to get God back as the leadership, in the leadership of this nation. You know, it's, it, and that's just the simple truth. We have removed him. We have removed him. And as a result, you can see his hand is not on this nation right now. He's not. Now, what does that mean? That means that shows us that in 2021, it shows us the importance of our prayers. Because we've got to pray for people. To have a, an eye-opening experience. Pray that those blinders be removed. Pray that the revival comes. Pray that people turn from the ways of this world and turn to the godly standard that was set in place through the Word of God that has been dropped to nothing. The standard in this world is down here. People dress the way they want to dress, talk the way they want. No respect. I, told, I shared this story the other day about how the lady was just just foul mouth language. I mean, it was just, blo- I was like, I really didn't want to hear it, you know, but you're in line and you just, you know, and then her uh, partner or whatever that was with her, he said, hey, you need to be quiet. Well, she just went off, hitting her chest. I have the right to say what I want when I want. Blanket. And this one lady's leaving with her kids, you know, she doesn't even want her kids to be, no standard, no standard. 
People so consumed with the ways of the world and the way themselves. No, no heart for what's right. No heart for, for God. Listen, that shows us the importance where people are. The importance of our prayers. Prayer, praying for them to see and to turn to God. Be the light that we need to be. We have to, got to get back to drawing close to God in this, this next year. Putting Him back first. Putting Him back first. Because guys, if we keep allowing Him to get pushed out of everything, we're not going to be any different. Any different than some of these other nations around this world who are told when they can worship, who they can worship, how they can worship, how much they can worship, or if they can even worship at all. And guys, that's, where, that's the point where uh, we're, not, we're not going there. We're not going there, right? And we don't have to fist fight this thing out. We just got to turn our prayers, turn our heart, and draw close to God and put Him back as the source and our provider and, our, and draw close to Him and put Him back in our lives, back in our nation, back in our businesses, back in our churches. Lord, God, there's a lot of dead churches right now. A lot of dead churches. Not criticizing them, but they need to get, they need to get a light. Because there's... Well, I won't get into that. But there's some churches that need to adjust some things. Because, listen, you cannot take away from the truth of the Word. You just cannot do that. Right? But, listen, drawing close to God is how you're going to keep going this next year. Keeping Him first. I know that sounds so cliche, but this is, that's the answer. Draw close to Him. Keep going. That's how you keep going after that dream, that God-given dream that's in your heart, that lines up with your plan and your purpose that never changes because the world falls apart. The plan and the purpose is still there. The means to get to the uh, accomplishing that dream may change. Keep your eyes open following God's leading and you start doing things different. You know, the people, I talked to a guy the other day and he said, well, I really feel called to be a missionary, but... It, doesn't look like we're going to be able to be a missionary anymore. Wrong attitude. Wrong attitude. Your attitude is so much. Now, you can be a missionary. Open your eyes. Listen to God. Listen, if, if God, if, if we have to go through taking a week off to quarantine to go on a mission trip, go on the mission trip, share the good news of God, pray that God's hand be on this trip, God's favor will be with us, with everybody we come in contact with, His protection, walk in that authority of that, go and do the mission trip, get the people saved, share the good news of Jesus, and come back and quarantine again, then bless God, that's what we'll do. God will make a way. People say, well, I can't be off work that long. That's the wrong attitude. God can work in your life if you allow Him. God will open the door. You can have a month off paid if it means spreading the gospel. Walking in the authority of who you are and accept keeping God first so that He can work any problem around this world throws at you so He can work that for your good. You've got to keep Him first. Sold out. I'm sold out. Glory to God. We are to never give up. Never give up. Pastor Hagen always said, at Ramah, he said, I will not be defeated and I cannot quit. I will not be defeated and I cannot quit. I will not be defeated and I cannot quit. I think he ingrained that into all of us because almost every, everyone that graduated from Ramah, they remember that. And, it, and it's, it's so true, though. When you can, if you're going into the ministry... Whether you're just going to help your local church or you're going into full-time ministry, you've got to be that tenacious. And you've got to have that attitude where you will not quit. You will not quit. 
You know, it always amazes me, these football teams that go out here. You know, now we're going to see Alabama beat Ohio State here in the national championship in a couple of weeks. Oh, Neil's not here. Oh, man. <laughs> but when they take that field, I don't care which team you are, whether you win or lose, I guarantee you that attitude is I'm going to kick your behind. I'm going to win. We're going to get the touchdown. We're going to do what we need to do. And that's, that's, that, that's the boldness that we got to have as a body of Christ. I'm not backing down. Listen, this new year is a new start. A fresh slate. Just like when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. We all know we've done things that are horrible. All things that we... I don't say horrible. Some of us have. Right? We know he's done some things. We got some baggage. But you accept Christ. God says, Scripture says, He doesn't remember it. He don't want to remember it. He just loves you in your unworthy state. Come to me. I'm wiping the slate clean. You get a fresh start. And you stick with me. Be sold out. Keep me first. Allow me to work through you. Stand in the authority that I've been giving you through Jesus Christ, the blood he shed on that cross, and you will fulfill the plan I have for your life. I just need you to be obedient. Take a step of faith. Allow me to work through you and just see what I can do through you. That's what we've got to do. That's what we got to do. Listen, you got, we got a fresh slate this year. Fresh start. Fresh start. And I want you to start by keeping God first. Sounds so simple. But in what areas do we, do we slack? Well, I just don't feel like doing the church thing this week. I'll take a couple of weeks off. Really, ask yourself, are you really feeding on the Word like you should? And I'm not criticizing anybody. I know there's days where you just work hard and you, you're just tired. Well, listen, press in on those times. If you only can get in the Word 10 minutes, get in the Word 10 minutes. Because you'd be surprised. On those days when that happens, and I push myself. It happens to me too. I'm, I'm human too. I'm a minister. I have to get in this Word. I have to study. I have to read. I have to listen. Sometimes I just don't want to. I just want to sit and watch a football game. But there are times when I have to push myself. And I get in it. And once I get in it, it's just like it sucks me in. You know, I just had to get over that little hump. Get over that little hump. And that little hump is usually just the enemy trying to keep you separated from God's Word because he knows if once you get in it, you're going to get sucked into it and you can't get away from it. And then the Holy Spirit brings revelation from it to you and you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. But guys, get God back as your source in your life. Put Him back first. Keep developing that relationship. But also, as you get ready to walk out the plan of God for your life this next year, that's what's next for everybody, is to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. You may not accomplish it completely, but get into it. Get after it. Don't you quit because the world gets hard. Don't you quit because this world says you can't. Don't you quit because your mom or dad says you can't. Don't you quit because anybody tells you you can't. Remember who you are as a child of God. Walk in that. Be bold and stay connected so you understand the dream and then go after it. Take the step of faith because there's lives hanging in the balance. People need to hear what you got. You said, well, one lady told me, she said, I just don't feel like that anybody will listen to me. Eh, wrong attitude. God calls the strangest people to speak. Me, number one, because I really don't like speaking, and I'm not real good at it anyway, but, you know, 
But when, he, when you are obedient to do it, and the anointing flows, and the anointing falls, it's just unbelievable what God will do through you. There's been many times I'll go back and listen to my message, and I'll be like, where'd that come from? Because it sure wasn't me. It, you know, it sure, God will use anybody. Look at the disciples. I mean, they were a bunch of hoodlums, you know? Really, but God was showing us something. I can use them, not all of them, but some of them were. I can use them, I can use anybody. He was making a point. Don't get defeated, don't feel like you can't do something. If God's calling you to do it, you can do it. You can, Lord, you can preach to a thousand. You can. Have that attitude. As you go forth this next year, change your attitude. Right? Don't have an attitude of fear. Don't have an attitude of doubt. Don't have an attitude of unbelief. Don't, no, change it to an attitude of, of victory, of strength, of resolve, and of I won't quit. Change your attitude. But most importantly, guys, and this is, the, this is so important, is change your attitude to an attitude of faith. Because if you're going to fulfill what God's called you to do, that's, that's the only way you're going to do it. In other words, when you get out there and you start this fresh year and you start... You're getting encouraged. All right, God, that dream that you've been sitting on for three or four years, and man, God, you get before God, should I go, and now's the time, and then you, God says yes, and you take that step, and you're pursuing that dream, you're pursuing it, and all of that, the only way that's going to come about is by faith. And this faith is so important to all of us. I mean, matter of fact, we wouldn't accept, we, wouldn't, we couldn't be saved without faith. Your faith is what gets you saved when you, you accept Him by faith. You don't get a written contract saying, okay, you're going to die on this date and you're going to go to heaven now since you know Jesus. No, you accept it by faith, by believing. Belie- faith, you just simply believe God. Believe Him. Oh, wow. Now that Jesus is in me, I'm going I'm to have an eternal life. You, your faith is what brings that to pass. Your faith is what gives substance to things hopeful. And guys, if you're going to fulfill what God has called you to do, God's, guys, it's only going to happen by your faith. I'm looking at that because i still got a little bit to go here. But I want to show you something really quick. And this is very important, guys. I know this is going a little long today, but bear with me. This is very important. And I'm going to show you something about faith that's very important. Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 5. And, and this is... I'm going, to, I'm going to touch on three miracles that Jesus did. Now, you can see this as a recurring theme, but I want to show you three because it's important to see that it isn't just a one-time thing because if something occurs more in the Bible, it's what? Important. Very important. All right, so Jesus is performing a miracle right here. He's healing the centurion's servant. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, and it said, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there entered unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick, of the pauses, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof. If you just speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he go, and another come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled, and he said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, 
I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Drop down to verse 13, it says, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, that's so key, believe, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. All right, now the centurion soldier, he, he comes to Jesus, and what is he doing? He, he needs a miracle, right? Now, he's heard about Jesus. Now, Jesus hasn't died and gone on to heaven, and so Jesus isn't living in anybody, but he's heard about Jesus, and that's going to come from, from, from probably preaching. So he's heard, he's heard the word about Jesus, and now that stirred up some faith on the inside of him, and he needed a miracle. So he went to the place where he needed to go, where the anointed power was. And that was Jesus, all right? So he needed a miracle, and he went to Jesus. Now, look with me in Luke. Luke chapter 17. So the power was there, right? Very important. The power was there. They just had to access it by faith. See, Jesus said, have I not seen such great faith? All right, Luke 17. Now, we know this is the story where Jesus heals the ten lepers. Now, watch this. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, which stood far off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he, when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save the stranger. And he said unto them, Arise, go thy way, your faith has made you whole. Man, there's so much you could preach out of that. Number one, when, when, when you receive something from God, you, you need to be getting on your knees and thanking Him, right? I mean, there was nine that didn't thank Him. Now, there was one that th came back and praised Him and thanked Him. They got instant healing. If you remember to go back and watch the other nine, they were healed as they went. It took a process. It took a time. Glory to God. But that's not what I want you to see. What I want you to see is these ten needed a miracle. They needed a miracle. And they went to where the power was. But they had to access that power. And Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. Now, the power was there. Now Jesus is walking down the road. He's not throwing pixie dust. Right? Performing miracles everywhere he goes like that. It's not magic. He's not doing a magic trick, rolling dice, whatever. No, he's just walking the street. And they came to him. They came to the source, to the power. Now let's look with the, the uh, Mark in chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood. Now we've read this story a lot. Right, but then this beginning in verse twenty-five. Now, Mark five, verse twenty-five. The woman with the issue of blood. All right, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood for twelve years, she's had it a while, and suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, but was worse, nothing better, but rather grew worse. All right, so she spent all she had trying to get this fixed naturally, and it wasn't happening. All right, and then there again, she heard of Jesus, came in, pressed behind, and touched his garments. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. 
And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She was healed instantly. Ooh. She got her miracle. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And then Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned about and said, hey, who touched my clothes? The disciples are like, hey, dude, there's a lot of people around. I'm paraphrasing now. Who touched you? We don't know who touched you. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done to her, came and fell down at his feet, told him the truth. And Jesus said unto her, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So, there again, she needed a miracle. She went to the source, the power, the anointed power. She knew the power was there. She had heard of Jesus. Her faith comes by hearing, right? And she had heard and it stirred up that faith to her. And Jesus says that you, your faith has made you whole. Now, what, what do I need you to see out of these three stories? Number one, they were all looking for a miracle. Now, I know somebody's thinking, well, these are all just miracles for healing. Listen, a miracle's a miracle. And as you go forth pursuing what God's got you to do, there's known to be times where God says, I need you to do that. And you say, well, God, in the natural, that's going to cost $100,000. And I don't have $100,000. Well, you're going to need a miracle. This is when you need to go to the source. You need to go to the power. And you need to access that power. And how are you going to access that power? By your faith. Your faith is how you're going to access the power. Amen? That's how you're going to access the power. Glory to God. What are the words you speak? If you think about it, the centurion believed so strongly. He says, no, man, you don't have to come to my house. You just say the word. You just say, and it's interesting. Michelle was talking about the words that we were speaking earlier when we were talking about that song. But if you study all of these out and you see this, the, Jesus did what they said. She said, if I just touch his clothes, she was healed. Where's her faith at? She was just touching his clothes. And she was healed. No magic pixie dust. Jesus didn't even know what's going on. She just said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Jesus, the, he told the ten lepers, go and show yourself to the priest. It wasn't an instant healing. As they turned and started going to the priest. Now, if they'd have got halfway there and said, we better not go to the priest. You know, we're not completely, this ain't completely happening. You know, they'll laugh us out of there. They may kill us. They could have went home. They wouldn't receive their healing. Right? He gave them a challenge, told them to go and to show themselves, and they did. And the one turned back. Listen, the words that you speak are so important. Hold on to what you're speaking. Hold on to the word and speak the word. As you go forth in this next year, pursuing your God-given dreams, your God-given purpose, your God-given plan, not giving up because the world's falling to pieces, but keeping God first, sold out to Him, fully committed, all doing everything you can because of your desire to please Him. Come on, pursuing that dream by your faith in God. Access the power when you need the, when you need the miracle. When, see, so many people, when God tells them what they, He wants them to do, they hear it, and in the natural, it's such a big thing, they can't see themselves doing it. Guys, you've got to supersize your thinking. Think big of yourself. That's why I say you need to be arrogant. Remember when we used to get the supersized fries at McDonald's? You could get a fry this big. I was like, really? It won't even fit in my bag, you know? But that's what thinking, we need to think that way about yourself. Well, Pastor, I just have a high school education. I don't can't see myself ever doing anything than working in this little shop right here. But God can see you doing more. 
And when the anointing of God falls on you, you can, there ain't nothing you can do. I said ain't, ain't there? We in Alabama, I guess I can get away with that, right? There's nothing you can't do. Nothing you can't do. Supersize your thinking. Think bigger. Don't let this world stop you. You don't have to fist fight it. Come on, the fight is spiritual. You just do what God's called you to do. Putting Him first. Take the step of faith and access the power that you need to access to accomplish the plan for your life by faith. By faith. That's why we preach on talk about faith so much. Faith is so important. So important. I could keep going on that, but I'm going to close up for that.